What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, I sat down with someone who has been a business coach. He's taken companies public. Uh, most recently, he has helped real estate agents uh, learn how to own their audience and compete against sites like Zillow and Realtor.com. Welcome to the show, Kurt Euler. All right. Welcome to the show today, Kurt. How are you doing? Great, great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. You've helped so many real estate agents and companies and you know startup founders, uh, even the president of the United States, which maybe we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, so why don't you tell our, our real estate listeners out there a little bit about yourself, your journey, and what you do specifically to help real estate agents. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a business operator by, I mean, just by DNA or my whole life. Um, I mean, I was doing enough revenue with two businesses. I started when I was 13 that uh, by 14, I had to form LLCs. One of those is still going today. Uh, it was a good eight-figure uh, business for a while. Um, but I've, I've just always had a business mindset and um, I'm an operator. And so... Um, I tended to be in high growth technology companies, took one of those public, um, was had a great, great, almost, you know, you know, $880 million IPO later sold that company for 8.1 billion. Great for investors, not so much for us as individuals, but I, I like seeing things grow. And I think about how do you have hyper growth? And, um, but because I, I, I've been pretty successful, I've, I owe, very early in my career, I started investing in other entrepreneurs and their businesses and their agencies. And so um, I got to get in really in the, the weeds of things. And I've been able to now help thousands of people across many different industries um, scale their businesses and figure out the mindsets, but also just why they're not growing. Um, the last six years, I've been in real estate. So um, I came on early with a company called Showcase IDX that a lot of agents use to build websites that their clients actually use as opposed to go to Zillow. And so the fun thing is I've now personally looked at more than 150,000 websites and the CRM is to see who's closing deals and who's not and, um, and, and what they're doing versus other agents. So tell us a little bit about Showcase IDX and what, what does that site do for the consumer and for the agent? For the consumer, the site itself at Showcase IDX doesn't do anything. It's what it does for agent sites. And so um, it's amazing how many agents I'll, I'll talk to an association to bring me in. And they some have heard of IDX and a lot haven't. And I mean, technically, just how the, the feed that comes from a local MLS and then... Um, and then usually we build home search tools on top of that. And so we power um, some of the largest uh, broker and agent sites uh, nationally. Um, anything, you know, up to Mark Spain, the number one listing agent in the country, down to a, you know, part-time Keller Williams agent that's, you know, just a couple, you know, a couple years in their business. And so um, the, the kind of thing behind that is it, it doesn't do, it doesn't really do CRM. It doesn't build the whole site. It's just that home search engine because we found the only way you can have something that'll keep a consumer off of Zillow is just trying to focus on one thing really well. And then that's, that, that's the most important part of an agent site. So the idea is to get the consumers to your site, looking for homes on your site. I assume you can kind of 
monitor them on the back end, see what they're looking at. Yeah, monitor them on the back end. You can set up searches for them. There's a collaborative search. So, you know, most people don't search for a home alone, whether they're married uh, in a relationship or, you know, they have an uncle or aunt that's helping them. They're they're sharing something else. And so if they were on your site. Or, or, the, or the dreaded, uh, the dreaded father that comes in and you know blows it up during the home inspection but but at least you'd know that the father was kind of checking out on properties but could also maybe see some of those comments because they could do instead of sharing text messages and emails like people do that can happen on a collaborative search on your site and then you as the agent can actually see that core that that responses about properties and things as well um but but it's both good for for me I, for an agent I, I was thinking about it for your site um, one, there's an organic standpoint. So if you're, it's our technology plus a lot of agents' local knowledge that we see people generating tens of thousands of monthly visitors if they if they put in the work um, from Google and outranking Zillow. And I see that time and time again. Um, but it doesn't just do that just by plugging it in. The other side is whether you generate leads or you invite the clients that you meet otherwise is it's retention. Because the only thing I can guarantee any agent in real estate is if you don't have a home search on your site that your clients will use, there's a 100% guarantee they're going to go to Zillow. And then there's a 100% chance that competitive agent is going to call them. And, and nobody wants that to happen. And so that's really where a lot of people end up coming to showcase initially for is they're like, God, my, my clients just, you know, I can't send them the MLS search or I had some other, bu you know, just bum of a website. And so I heard that my clients will actually use my site as opposed to Zillow. And so that's kind of the where, where people come from it. How do you keep them off of Zillow and on, you know, your site, on your Showcase IDX site? Because so many, so many agents uh, or so many consumers, I should say, are, you know, they just know Zillow, right? It's like Amazon, right? Like, like people will, people will go off of a retailer site and then onto Amazon because it's, you know, convenient, trusted all of that. So how do you, there's a Coca-Cola effect. Them, how do you get them off? How do you get them off of Zillow? Yeah, there's a Coca-Cola effect. People know a brand. Um, I'll tell you when you, whether you look at, um, at, at a big site like Zillow, or you look at a, a you know, a, just a, a, uh, an individual agent site that's doing well, the two largest sources of traffic are always, um, Google traffic. Cause you can't, at, at some scale, you just can't pay for traffic. And so it's traffic from Google on uh, the search engines. And then the second is emails or some sort of an alert that brought the consumer back. It's that Zillow, how did your Z estimate change or something? Well, you're never going get, to get get their information to send them an email or text message alert or a, a browser notification until they first come to your site. And so even then, yeah, Zillow gets a lot of traffic for the reason you mentioned people are used to it, but it's because Zillow also ranks really well in Google. And so there are about three and a half billion three and a half million buyer related terms for uh, homes in Roswell, Georgia, uh, condos in Roswell, Georgia. It's where I happen to live. Um, about three and a half million of those terms, well, 972 million times a year, just in the US, a consumer goes to Google and types some term. Now they often end up on Zillow because um, it's the, it's in the top three of the results and or because they're, they're used to they're used to seeing Zillow. So even if it's like number eight, they go, I'm gonna go click Zillow. But but the people that I see that grow a lot are, um, there's a gentleman uh, named Patrick Higgins out of Nashville. He uh, he runs um, nashvillehome.guru. I didn't even know there was a dot .guru until I saw him pop up in the analytics. He gets 50,000 organic visits a month from Google because somebody goes and types Brentwood townhomes um, for a suburb of Nashville and he pops up one or two. And and so, of course, and a lot of times there, it's like, here's the Coca-Cola effect. You like Zillow, but who do you think is going to know your local area better? 
the local agent or the national that just kind of does everything automatically. So are, are agents primarily running Google ads to get people there and then maybe maybe they drive their own traffic a little bit as well or kind of mix of both? I'd say mix of both. Early on, it's going to be a pay-per-click for somebody that's doing that. But um, but over time, uh, you know, if they, they, they start building out those community pages. I mentioned like Patrick Higgins. He would have a, 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 a Brentwood, Tennessee real estate page, a condos page, a townhomes there, an open houses in Brentwood. And he's got a little bit of a, a little, little bit of original content. And him and four agents just built those, or him and three other agents just would build out those local pages over time. And you can watch his analytics. And after about nine months of starting to build them, the traffic starts to go up. And that's um, so. But it, but if you want so, if you want somebody to show up to your site tomorrow, that's what pay per clicks for. But if you want if you want buckets of people to come uh, in the future, that's where you know organic content comes from. Okay, so you've you've got the the home search tool platform engine on this site. It sounds like the other big key is to create original content that's that's specific to that area. Am I, am I kind of reading that right? Yes. And not just like most SEO people and marketers will say, you need to go write blogs. And I'm like, maybe, but in most cases I would say, no, what, what, what's, what somebody is looking for, like he, if you create, write a blog, that gives you something to send out a newsletter. Maybe somebody's searching for that term, like festivals in you know, uh, Charleston, but, but what those, those three and a half million buyer related terms, those are all terms where somebody is searching for condos in Roswell, Georgia open houses in off this beach. And so you want to have a local, what I call a community page with the IDX current listings on there and somewhere between 500 and a thousand words of original content that really you're the only one that, that can do that. I mean, you, you would know content, you would know the content, you know, about McLean, Virginia that a Zillow writer just isn't going to know because they're sitting in, you know, warehouse somewhere else. Um, but as an agent, most agents, they like, they, they go, I don't, I don't write well. No, but I could pick up the phone and you could tell me why I should live in Alexandria or not um, in three to five minutes. And so just do a voice note and send that to your VA or somebody on your team and let them put that put together the content of the team. The knowledge is up here for you. It just has to get out of here onto that page that I mentioned. What about AI for copywriting and content writing? Have you have you I've started to see more and more of this. I'd be curious your take or if you've heard of it. Like I, I like to write a lot of copy so I'm, I'm personally kind of offended that a robot would, would take that away but they've they've taken away a lot of other jobs in, in in history so what's your what's your take on that is that is that a real thing that ai might be doing this content for everyone and then i don't know at some point then it becomes like everyone's got yeah, it uh, kind of. to these um, the uh, the good thing one yeah. thing i would say is if somebody is scared if somebody is, is scared of their right of their own writing they feel like they don't write well uh, AI is great at rephrasing. And so like I, I use Jasper.ai a good bit. Um, and uh, it, it's from a rephrasing perspective, it's wonderful. Where people get into problems are, you can't trust it to come up with facts. And so it, it, like, if, you just want, if you just want to have something spin out content, uh, good luck ranking it and good luck actually um, being really um, viewed as a, as a good source, especially a local source over time. But when you match... Uh, a local writer, especially somebody like you that might like to write with something like a Jasper AI, um, then you might be able to write two to three times faster than you normally would. I say that of like, if I was going to write um, hiking, I'm, I'm a big hiker and outdoors per, per, uh, person. So um, if I was going to write an article that was nine great hiking trails, with, uh, you know, on a Saturday from Alexandria, 
Well, and I put that into the AI. Well, it would actually write that for me. But how it's actually gathering the data that it's going to put into it is a search that was done, actually in most cases because of GPT, a very complicated AI term, but 10 or 12 years ago, it's pulling old data, but it's pulling stuff from Yelp and all sorts of other places. And so I bet if I ask for nine hiking places, I bet at least six of them are not going to be anywhere near Alexandria. And so you as a local would know that. Um, if I was writing that post, I wouldn't know that. I would just trust it unless I went to go research it. And so it, it, it's good, um, but it's not trustworthy. But if, but if you want to rephrase something, man, the rephrasing can be great. I, I actually keep it around. I don't use it as much for, um, for rephrasing. I use it when I'm stuck on a complicated topic. And so where I just, I, I'm trying to get through something complex to my reader and I'll just, I'll either, I'll just get it out of my head and let it rephrase or um, I'll let it, I'll, I'll just give it the main topic and let it try to try two or three ways of writing it. And then that'll, that breaks me through the block that I have. And then I'm, I'm good and I can, I can pound out 500 more words on it. So it sounds like you, your take on the AI is that it's, it's something that will augment and help the human help help the creator but the expert the person with the knowledge of it and you know can help you get it done faster um break through these log jams that you might have thinking but ultimately you need someone that's knowledgeable that can kind of push the direction make sure the make sure it's accurate as well my, my kind of to encapsulate that correctly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there, there's a lot of people that are really good. I'll just stay with the example of Jasper that are really good at pushing the AI to, to write things, but but it has to it has to be married with a with, with an expert on whatever the topic is. You can you, I could sit down. I mean, I, you and I could sit down and, and probably pound out you know twenty five to thirty articles today using Jasper starting right now at about what it's about eleven thirty. The problem is. Um, it, that that's it's just going to be meaningless stuff that can't be trusted, but it's going to sound great. It's going to read well, but it's not going to be right. accurate. And so I as a, I, I as somebody who who has, am an expert in certain areas, just like you are in certain things. Well, I, I'm never going to put my name behind that unless I'm actually going to read it. And so where where I've seen people actually really kind of they change their whole personal brand for the negative is, Hey, maybe they were a leadership topic or they were a real estate agent. And they thought that they would just spit out a bunch of articles from Jasper or something else and, and trust it. And they didn't read it. They didn't have, and it's like, yeah, a lot of that information wasn't accurate. And, and your audience is going to know that. And once they don't, and, and they may give you one pass, but they won't give you two. Uh, what, what else should real estate agents think about, in terms of how to use a site, you know, powered by Showcase IDX. So they've got the search engine, original content. What else do they need to do to make it a really effective tool? For me, is it is it's thinking about your website not as a site but as your digital hub. Um, I get asked all the time. I, I mean, I, I run courses and, and and trainings on how to you know effective social media for agents. Um, that you know should you be on Instagram or Pinterest or TikTok. Maybe and yes and no, but the problem is what happens when Facebook changes their algorithm and you had a big audience and now instead of reaching you know five percent of your audience, you reach 0 0.05, which is kind of the algorithm you get now. TikTok's really good for a lot of agents right now, and so um, well TikTok TikTok has uh, really ratcheted down the organic reach in the last six call it six seven eight months. I don't know. Um, I built up a pretty big following there and 
a year ago I would get a hundred thousand views on a on a post, and now maybe five thousand on a good one. And I've and I've seen similar creators like like Gary V has fifty million followers on that platform, and right now, if you look at his last. 10 videos, he, he gets less than 50,000 views. Well, and, and that's what all the social platforms do is they, as they start bringing on creators and they shift over time. And, and sometimes you have some ebbs and flows, but like TikTok will probably continue on that. And so I, you know, should, should somebody be on TikTok? Should they be on whatever's next? I would say if, if that's, if that's your bent and you want to try things, yes. But, but what, you know, what you should be doing is thinking about, hey, it's not Zillow. I want people on my website, whether you teach leadership and, 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 and operations or you're a local agent and help other agents grow and brokers build, grow their businesses. If all of your if all of your things are sending people back to this digital hub that 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 focus and you t- actually train people as part of what you're talking about, saying, hey, my show notes are available here. If you want this download I just mentioned, you go back to my website. Well, then when I'm used to hearing you on TikTok and now I'm not seeing you anymore. I know to go check out your website for it because you've kind of been training awfully over time. And so also hopefully you've collected my email address during that at SMS. And so when you saw the reach decline, you know, especially if you had it tagged with a source that, uh, that you met me with, well, then you're able to send out a notification that brings me back to your site and says, Hey, remember now you need to go like on YouTube. It's not just that you need to subscribe. You need to hit that little bell on YouTube as well. If you, <laughs> well, if I wasn't, if I hadn't gone to a, your website, if you weren't thinking about it as a digital hub, you never collected my email. You just rode the wave of YouTube over time, and then, man, I, I lost the content I wanted to hear. I want to was actually enjoying, and then you lost me as a viewer, and I didn't even know I was supposed to click this little bell. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I think I think that's a great point. Is that you can build up these huge audiences and. It's, it's getting harder and harder to get them to actually be engaged on social media. And I, I think it's less than 1% of your audience now for, for most people, especially when, when you grow it to a certain size right. that actually see your content. And, you know, I've seen this on TikTok where it's like every third or fourth thing now is a paid ad. And then, right. then they run ads to me that say like, you should promote this post, right? right. right? So like, well, well um, you don't own that audience. And so you only, uh, you know, as an agent, the only two things that are like, once you can do a transaction, you know, sales, I mean, we know how big relationships are, but the most two valuable parts of your, of your business are your personal brand and your, and your database. And so that database could be in emails. It could mean text, uh, phone numbers, but it's, it's an audience that you own. And so when people are used to coming to your, your website as a hub, well, that's your audience you own, whether or not you you know, ads to me are renting an audience from Facebook or TikTok. Um, and, and any of that organic reach as you get them over time, you've just been bequeathed, you know, views by, by the gods that be for that platform. And so you should use it for, you should use it for your advantage. Um, and then when, when that's done, well, try another platform or keep it, keep it going there. I actually like the fact that reach has decreased a good bit on these platforms because it also means you can reuse uh, content so frequently. Like if you use a schedule or something with images or like the same video you put out and you get 1% reach on TikTok, hell, you could do that video probably 50 times on TikTok over the next six months and very seldom overreach the 1% that's done. Uh, you know, that Yeah. I, I actually think that's a, a really important concept because there's these like gurus out there that will tell people not to overpost and... Even if it's five percent that see your 
your stuff, like, yeah, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you post as much as possible? Because it's, it's going to be a different 5% each time. So it's, it's always interesting to me, the people that say like, don't overdo it because uh, like so few of your audience is seeing it, that the only way to stay in front of them all is, is to actually overdo it. Yeah. Well, and face, so. Facebook and Instagram are figuring, are, are still figuring it out, but like on TikTok, uh, And so like they're trying. And so like, I actually have an issue with some of my even friends that posted too, uh, you know, too much on Instagram because they dominated my feed and like, I want to see other people and Instagram wasn't smart enough to do that. TikTok is, I mean, it's great in that it's like, TikTok knows that like if I really want if I'm really enjoying your videos and you post 50 times a day, TikTok's going to show me it 50 times a day. And and if I only want to see you two times a day or two times a week, it's going to figure that out because that's how their algorithm is written. And so Pinterest has done a pretty good job of that as well. And so um, it is knowing the different networks a little bit. But I even now, I mean, Facebook has is, is done a lot in itself in the last maybe two months to start showing you content that want to see versus your friends or pages that you follow and so they're they're moving in the same direction there so like in some cases trust the algorithm like the the entire purpose of the algorithm is to keep a viewer on that network as long as possible that day and coming back tomorrow and so if you if you post 50 times a day like the network doesn't want me to be annoyed by that and and unfollow you or not come back so they're going to show me as much as i'm willing to drink yeah what um what do you think is is the best way for agents to convert either the paid audience or the organic one into one that they own? Like, do you do you have to do like opt ins on the website, collect emails, phone numbers? Like, how how do they how do they you know get to own the audience? Stop trying to sell and stop calling everybody that registers on your site. Um, so if you think about um, you know, the people you know, how often do people move in your area? If it's every 10 years on average, well, that means then that like, I might be an active buyer or seller for six months or so in there. So that might mean that, the, is it is it 90 or 95% of the time over a 10 year period, I'm not an active buyer or seller. So one, if, if you're posting content for me as if I am, I'm not interested in you. You have to have some content that's useful for me when I'm not actively buying and selling. But even on your site, like, it, the reason you see Zillow's number so high is they they don't just send a lead right out when somebody signs up. And so what agents need to re- realize and where I see the best success is like, you know, like if I register on your site, I don't necessarily want to talk to you yet. Maybe you should put me in a light drip campaign to introduce yourself. But when I ask a question on a property, when I say I have a question for an agent, now I've now switched to an active buyer and seller. If you have the CRM, if you can check in your uh, IDX, it says, oh, now I see you have three home searches set up and you've invited your spouse to the, to, to one of those. Now you've gone from just being a curious buyer and seller. Um, I mean, personal example, my wife knows I've been mentioning for a couple of years, we own a bunch of property in different places, but I, I would love to have a horse farm. And so I've been mentioning it for a couple of years. She's debating, do we sell one of the properties and go and get, get that. And so I went upstairs a couple weeks ago and I saw she had a horse farm up and I'm like, uh, Hey, what you doing? And, um, she, what she, you know, because because I, she knows I kind of talk about this. She goes, I'm not ready to even have this conversation for probably 12 months to you know, 18 months. She's like, I'm trying to figure out what owning a horse farm would look like, what that property would look like. When do we leave? When when would I, when can I can I have enough information? She was saying so that I can have an intelligent conversation with you if that's even a lifestyle I want to have. 
And then what do we think about kids schooling? She was, so she'll probably by by the what the research says, she'll be in that mode for somewhere between two to four years before she even brings up the topic with me about the next property. Even though kind of like if you brought me a perfect horse farm in my price range, like within about 30 minutes of this house, I'd buy it tomorrow. But my wife's not there yet. And so your website needs to treat her because we're one decision-making thing. You, your website needs to treat her as somebody who's still figuring this out and not hammer her with this freaking 20 calls in two weeks that so many agents do. Hmm. Good stuff. Let's uh, switch gears for a minute. Talk about the current state of the market. You know, uh, certainly in 2022 transactions are down from what, was an abnormally high year in you know last year in 2021. Um, so I would argue it's more of a normal market. But what uh, what are you seeing out there in the market, and what do you what would your advice be to real estate agents right now in today's market? Um, I'm going to stay with the, the 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 stop trying to sell and force people. Uh, people are figuring it out right now. Our rates going to stay where they're at. They're going down. You talk to buyers. Um, I can tell you. I can look at data across all of showcases customers registrations on sites are not down. Um, people asking to talk to an agent or wanting to see a property have, have, have gone down pretty significantly. And so when I, when, I, when I talk to agents that are still doing good business, um, those that are doing, still doing good business, are, they're, they're the ones that are not hounding the registrations on their site right now. They're still touch, reaching out to people, but they're kind of confirming, hey, you're just figuring this out. And then they're actually following up with, uh, with them and saying, great, you're not looking to buy or sell now. Can I just set you up with a with, with a, a, a new listing alerts for your current house so you can see what's coming on the market? Or you want to see what people are upgrading? You, you're telling me you're not going to sell for three years. Would you like to know who's upgrading kitchens and bathrooms? I'll set you up for open houses in your neighborhood. And and they're seeing a really high uptake uh, on that. And, and it's because they're not trying to sell. But what what's going to happen is every time there's an open house, that now prospect is going to get an email from Dan saying, hey, it's going to be on there. Well, also, it reminds me, it keeps it top of the line. But also, if I do have a friend that's interested in moving in the neighborhood, I'm probably going to forward him that email that's going to drive him back to your site anyway. All right. Yeah. But it's mindset. I mean, markets are slow right now. So it's like, it's all about, hey, it's about abundance, not scarcity. This is the market where consistently we see it in financials uh, for other things, but we've seen it in real estate in the past. This is one for the agents that show up for the next six to 12 months and they do what they need to to grow their business and grow organic stuff. They're going to add a zero to their net worth in a couple of years. If you're listening, uh, <laughs> take uh, take Kurt's advice here because you, you want to be in the group that adds a zero to your net worth, not not the group that you know goes back to not being in real estate anymore. So uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Before uh, we wrap up, I always like to do a hyper fast Q&A round if you're sure. ready for a few uh, quick questions here. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Uh, do what's unscalable at first. You can't, when you have volume, there, you can't teach, uh, reach out to everybody personally. But when you're new, you can do things that are unscalable in your business and you should do those to get traction now. Love that. What's the biggest mistake you see experienced agents making? Paying for ads and thinking that's the, they're they're cha they're chasing the new lead versus the database and the relationships they already have and working those. What's the biggest challenge you've ever had in business and how did you overcome it? Not uh, 
<laughs> my biggest challenge was I, I didn't realize I was an asshole. And, um, and it wasn't until I had a mentor actually pointed <laughs> out and I went and asked my mom and two other close people in my life. And they went, yeah, you've always been an asshole. Um, and and um, I didn't I didn't realize at that time because I, I wasn't open enough to taking feedback from people that that weren't making money off of me. And just having people around me as kind of an advisory council myself to tell me what they saw that I didn't see. Hmm. That's, that's pretty powerful. Uh, when you're not at work or, or working, uh, what, uh, what would we most likely find you doing? Building trails on our mountain property in Blairsville, Georgia. Awesome. Last one. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Uh, I don't know. Probably, I mean, same basic place that I kind of am, coaching agents and businesses into to, to what, how they grow their business and so scaling. I, I, I'm passionate about people, and so it almost doesn't matter about the industry. I, I, want, I want people to, to, to be successful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. If people want to learn more about Showcase IDX or connect with you or get more information on signing up for it, how do, how do they do that? What should they do? Well, if there's one more information on Showcase IDX, they can go to showcaseidx.com. But if they want any of my leadership articles, they want to connect with me personally, they can go to kurtuler.com. And um, it's my digital hub. I practice what I preach. You can find out a lot about me and how to connect with me that you would prefer to there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Kurt. To all of our listeners and viewers out there, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Please share this episode with other agents or people that you think would benefit from listening or watching and we'll see you next time.